Can I have a backup plan? It's always about plan B. Or C. Does or that D. mean we always go with plan B or? Uh no, actually sometimes through the through the edit I have actually gone through plan A. Oh, okay. So it's just it's just to 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 keep it fine. Keep it sweet. Like like the chocolate. Like the chocolate that I really should put in the fridge because of the heat. You got heat problems over there? Yeah. It's uh the, like close to the hottest April on record. Oh my god. This is like the coldest April on record yeah. over here. Like we're we're rocking a sweet hold on, let me pull up the weather app here. Okay. Uh we got it's, it's noon, so it's as warm as it can be. It is nine degrees and cloudy. Nine degrees and cloudy. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let me just pull up my weather app from my phone here. Seventeen fourteen. So yeah, five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it is twenty-three degrees. I hate you. Why couldn't it be like that when I was there in October? I yeah. know, right? What was it? What was it? Pissing it down. Yeah. And, it was and uh, wind. It was wet. It was wet yeah. for sure. It was damp. It wasn't a lot of. When I was there, there wasn't a lot of rain per se. It was just very damp. It was like moments away from raining for most of the time that I was there. Mm. With and a little bit of actual rain. Then, yeah, the odd overnight shower. Yeah. And, uh, that's just what sent it to, to where it was. But uh, yeah, no, that was that's 23 degrees now. It was it's at its highest uh, 26. I was hoping that, that Stefan would come over uh, to Canada and it would like be an upgrade, you know. But he's actually mm. going to get a downgrade at the rate we're going. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just mad. But uh yeah, it's not about the weather, it's about the games. So Yeah, uh, games. Kind of, maybe. Games and gaming discussion and cocaine apparently. Uh that's uh, that's your preview. Games and cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Actually that led me to something that we were watching a soccer football program, just make sure it's inclusive for the world. And um one of the presenters was talking about how the match was so boring that the most interesting thing that he did was um, eat a packet of crisps and have coke. And there was an awkward 30 seconds before one of the other presenters goes, we should specify he meant Coca-Cola. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's the footballer or soccer player's thing. It's, uh, you know, coke is the experience. Oh, is that uh, is is that why uh, your football games get so rowdy? Yeah, everyone's just hopped up on coke. Yeah, it just it's just it's just how it is. Are you speaking of drugs? Did you have a good four twenty yesterday? Oh, I absolutely did by not partaking in any drugs. Oh, yeah, just just to stay at home away from all yeah. the madness. Yeah, just yeah, just watching while 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 everyone else in the surrounding area was on the drugs. I could smell it through the windows. <laughs> Mm, and sleeping in. Yeah, it's nothing, like, nothing it's better. Just like, it's just a hand made of smoke just like tapping on your window. It's like, let me in. Yeah, it was, it was between that and the vape sticks going around. It was hard to know, but it was considering it was very cloudy for the sunny day we had yesterday. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was fun. So uh, yeah, while while we're here, uh, this is the Immaterial Gamers podcast, episode number thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Sure, yeah. you know better than I do. Yeah, I, I. It's not like I have a list. It's just that I apparently have a memory. So uh, I don't know where that came from, though, because I can remember this, and yet uh, I'm having trouble remembering what I had to eat yesterday. Oh yeah, no, I, I remember now. It's all good. It's not for anyone to really discuss, but here we go. It's Ryan, and uh, we got Duncan. Yo, that's me. And the and the live studio audience of Steph. Silent but deadly. Yeah. The Stefan so. story. Yeah, sound but deadly. Toilets around the globe. Um, but yeah, so you know we've had a little catch up and talk, and this is a point where I now sit in a sweat box for like about another you know fifty minutes to for sound and acoustic quality. Well, a little bit more. Um, oh, we've got a message from the producer. Uh, you don't know how true that comment is. We 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 said plenty oh, of comments then, but I, I, I agree I with all of them. I think he's referring to the silent but deadly comment. Ah yes, okay that that'll be that'll be that'll be fine, but um yeah so 
you know, we'll, we'll set in for acoustic quality, which brings me to a thing I now actually figured out in the editing system how to up, like, upgrade the audio slightly, because apparently I've been pushing through all the videos at, at 12 bits audio when it should be 24, because that's DVD quality and that's what the internet should be using. There's also a 36 bit, but I don't want to make it, you know. We're, we're not ready for that technology. No, no, not yet, not yet. But, you know, DVD, Blu-ray quality, perfect. That, yeah, if you, you know. if you if you get to 48-bit, our voices actually start to come out of this, the computer to attack our audience. Yeah, they, they're like, actually, the mouths come out. It's like, the, the the bits on the bass speaker just look like lips and just blah, 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 blah. But, um, yeah. You know, it's funny to think that the, I act the way that I do without any form of drugs. It's it's a scientific marvel. It's a, it's a mystery. But, uh, you know, it's probably also the heat. Who knows? Get heated. Yeah, get get heated. Displays. So, so it feels like what happens when you're in a sort of a bungalow in your latter years. You don't blaze it up. You just turn on the the heater. Get, <laughs> get, get heated. Four minutes, four twenty. Just just turn the radiator all the way up. Yeah. Don't do any drugs. Yeah. Electric fireplace. Everything's everything's good to go. So um, yeah, we will. Um, now that we've got this, uh, huh, thinking that blazed, warmed up. Which is uh, hilarious. Yeah, I, I did the thing. So uh, yeah, it's time to it's time to go and do the other thing. It's uh, time for what's been played. What's been played. And Duncan, the floor is yours, sir. Well, it's been two weeks since I was last on here, so I've got stuff built up. I'll try not to take you know forty five minutes, which I say every single time. It's my turn to talk about what I play, and then I do anyway because that's how I roll. Yeah, hey, it's the personality, so it's how it goes, mate. Um, but it's all yours. Yeah, so I suppose, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it too much, but I should uh, at least confess that uh, Heroclix is starting to slowly take over my life. Um, I, I, I can't stop playing it. I've played, there have been days where I've played it multiple times in a row, mm. and I've just spent like whole days playing the game with uh, friends and family. Mm. Uh, and, uh, I think I think I I think an action dial might actually be growing out of my bum right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that could be a hemorrhoid. I'm not sure, but I I'm not sure what's going on there. But just you just feel one day that you'll just try and move, and you won't actually move anywhere. All my feet will just but, be glued to a plastic base. <laughs> and you'll see you've got some sort of stats, some numbers you don't know where they come from. It's like, oh man, there. only six movement? I was kind of hoping for better. <laughs> I've got to run for the bus. What do you mean six movement? It's like, oh man, I'm barely going to get downstairs with six movement. <laughs> then i got to wait two whole turns, otherwise I'll have to push myself just to get to work. <laughs> just just the, the whole point of like, you know, sort of getting any sort of lift or like carpool or something just, just to keep yourself going. You know? mm, exactly. I mean, I mean, to be fair, talking is a free action. So, you know. It is a free action in Heroclix, yes. Yeah, so, so I've been told. <laughs> so it's just like, hey, can someone just pick me up? I'm out of movement points. I do have a character that actually does let you pick up other characters and move them. Ah, well, there we go then. He's a fat Spider-Man, is what he is. Fat Spider-Man? He's not yeah, shirtless Spider-Man, is he? He's not shirtless, but he is showing a bit of midriff uh, because of his uh, muffin top. Ah, okay then. But yeah, he's great. Uh, but yeah, no, the Heroclix is consuming my soul and time and money. Uh, it's Good. a problem. I need help. Uh, okay. Be yeah. Heroclix aware, everyone. Mm. Every year, at least one person loses their life to Heroclix. They don't actually die. They just lose their life and are just consumed entirely by Heroclix. Ah, uh, fair enough. Uh, what else have I been doing? Oh God! Uh, right, of course. Uh, I've been doing. Uh, I've been playing Overcooked with my sister. Overcooked. Oh yeah. man, I've watched streams of that, and it's frantic and mental. But I'll let you explain why it's so frantic and mental. Okay, so Over Overcooked is a it's a it's a couch co-op uh type of game. Mm -hmm. uh, which refers to a type of game that only has local multiplayer and is intended to be played with multiple people at the same, uh, you know, seating arrangement. Yeah. 
so basically, in Overcooked, you're trying to, uh, the, as the name sort of implies, you're just trying to cook a meal uh, with your friends or whoever you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're not. This is not just you know. This is not your everyday kitchen. This is uh. This is not your. This is not your average soup kitchen. This is the the maps that you play in have increasingly absurd gimmicks in them. Oh, oh yes. Uh, everything from floors that shift from side to side to uh, platforms with your cooking utensils uh, on over like boiling hot lava floating around that you have that you only have like five seconds of access to per rotation. <laughs> uh, this one map where you're in space and the uh, ingredients box is shared between you and you can only access it if your partner or one of your partners sends it over oh, by God. pushing a button. I remember one of the streams that like one of them isn't like one a convoy. So it's like sort of two trucks or something. Oh, like yeah. Merged together to, <laughs> to allow you yeah, to... There's... There's one that's two trucks that go back and forth between each other, and then there's one that's three trucks, and the three trucks is just like, you know, like one half of one truck goes, rotates between the other two on the left side. Oh, God. So it's like, you have to try and figure out how to manage your time, and, and, and that the one that moves is the one that has, like, the, the send out conveyor belt, <clears throat> so, like, you know. So the you service always... hatch is... <laughs> So you only have limited access to that. Oh, man. So yes, it's a it's a it's an absurd, difficult, and increasingly frustrating game, uh, and it is a ton of fun. Mm. I've seen it, and it God, it's hilarious. Just sort of like, sort of trying to communicate with each other of, of to, sort of what you're aiming to do and getting it done while all this madness seems to go on around. It does look. You know, so absolutely, well, hilarious to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 one of the it's the thing about Overcooked that makes it interesting is that like you can, as soon as you got it figured out, you know, it's just like once you, it's like you think you've got a good system going, you know, things mm. are moving quickly, uh, and then the map just try to, throws you a curveball or someone makes one mistake, and then it's everything breaks down. All communication breaks down. Your rhythm breaks down something bursts into flames everything just goes to shit immediately mm. oh now it reminds me of a little something it's weird in in a sense it just reminds me of space team space mobile, team yeah it's a mobile phone app um again designed to be played in as a party game with groups of people and the setting is that you're on a you're on a spaceship trying to escape some weird wormhole that's gonna like destroy you and and you know send you into bits over the vast infinite space but every person has a control panel on their phone and they've all got little dials switches uh options that they need to choose and all the names of them are ridiculous um and the idea behind it is so users you know there can be any between two and four of you playing this and you will each get an instruction to your phone that you have to um, relay to the other players where then every successful command followed censorship further towards the next zone um, every failed command censorship closer to the, the wormhole um, but it's just it's absolute chaos trying to communicate stuff with each other because it starts pretty easy you know it'd be like flick this switch to yes you know flick this switch to no and and players will be able to do that and you'll you then have to sort of understand where you're communicating with each other and whether it's worth communicating because some of the instructions are for your panels and there's no point trying to confuse everyone else with an instruction that you need to do. And mm -hmm. then sort of later on, later levels, parts of the ship will break. Sort of like panels will just fall off and you have to put them back on. Um, and there's like other sort of group-based instructions as well. There'll be like a solar flare will come up, which means you then have to turn your phone upside down to stop yourself getting blinded and stuff like that. So just that sort of sort of chaos is sort of where I feel overcooked is when things don't go your way a little bit, when it starts to end up being a bit panic stations. So Sounds about right. But yeah, uh, it's like... I, I have to say, it's one of those games that's like... It's sort of in the the uh, 
uh, what's it called? The, the Cuphead school of thought where it's like, mm. it's like immensely frustrating when you can't pull it off and you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing. But it's also like very satisfying and very fun when you do get it down and you do understand what you're supposed to do. You know, yeah. like it's a very it's it's a very satisfying game to watch and to play when everyone knows what they're supposed to do and is doing what they're supposed to be doing correctly mm. and consistently. Yeah, seeing seeing that sort of it's like it's absolute bliss when you know, when when you see a team of people just gel together and everything goes their way. But that also being said, it may be the, the sort of masochist in me, but I do kind of enjoy it when it goes wrong. Yeah, maybe that's just maybe I mean, that's just me. I mean, you know, at first it, the first couple of times it goes wrong it, it's fun. The the next twelve times it goes wrong might not as it gets less fun after that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's like all those sort of sort of games where you've got you know, sort of re you know, restarts and, and stuff like that. And especially with sort of overcooked being sort of a few minutes at a time, really, isn't it, each level? I mean, how long do you usually get? So three minutes? Uh, like yeah, I've, yeah, like three minutes or something like that. Like, not a lot of time per round. Every round is just a couple minutes long. Mm. But, yeah, there's sort of... It's, it's, it's very very quick that if you make a mistake, you can start again, but it's also very, so quick that, let's just say, stumbling and trying to get back up to speed again in that time limit can be a bit tough. Yeah. But no, I've I've been having fun with that. We've actually gotten, we actually got pretty far in like only two or three playstations. We've gotten to what I think is the last world in the game. Mm. Yeah, so it's not a very long game, especially if like you know you you've got a good group, and you and you can you know check off your three stars as uh, as quickly as possible. Mm. Yeah, because that's that's where I feel it's that's that's where its replay value is really, isn't it? Is to three star every level. Yeah, yeah, we, so far, I think have only left behind one three-star so far, other than the one that we're probably currently on. Mm. So, uh, no, we've done, we've done a pretty good job so far, and been having a lot of fun. We, uh, okay. we may or may not move on to Overcooked 2 when, uh, we're done with that, we'll see. Mm. I've heard it, I've heard it's, you know, it's more of the, the same, and that's not a bad thing. So, uh, yeah, no, see, see how you go with that. yeah. And the last thing I want to mention before I, I uh, turn the uh, the microphone over to you, so to speak. Okay. Uh, so about my Pokemon bingo thing. Uh, this oh, is yes. as much an update to you as it is to anyone who may be listening. Yep. Um, so we've hit a bit of a stumbling block with uh, the Pokemon bingo. Oh, no. And uh, the stumbling block happens to be in front of a cliff. So we may have a problem. Oh. Oh, so okay. So we discussed discovered that uh, when we last played the game I apparently my game didn't save or it's the save got deleted somewhere I don't know what happened but I only have data up to the last time the previous time that we played not the most recent one ah. so she somehow has got an hour more progress than me that I didn't save oh and that's uh, awkward yeah, so at the time that we were going to, uh, you know, record another play session and, you know, maybe get further along in our game, we discovered this and it was like, okay, well, we have two options here. Either we start all over again or I play an hour by myself to get up to that point and just accept the fact that, you know, we have inconsistent uh, data and just explain mm -hmm. what happened. Yeah. Uh, and then my sister goes on and tells me how she doesn't want to she does. She wants to, you know, try a different Pokemon game. She doesn't really want to play Emerald because I guess she's been playing it too much, which really okay. is her own fault. Hmm. Uh, so we're thinking about starting again in Pokemon Crystal. Okay. All the way from the beginning. And what we're going to be doing, or we want to do, we're still figuring out how the logistics of how to make it work, but instead of doing a classic bingo, which is, you know, do a row or a line. Mm. Uh, we are thinking about doing a lockout bingo, which is basically every we share a common card of twenty-five goals, and the first person to thirteen wins. Okay, that one would be even more interesting because you sort yes. of seeing where you are, whether it's you know what what 
sort of marks on the bingo you're close to, whether you feel you need to sacrifice some to go for some that. Yeah, and you can kind of track, you can kind of track your uh, your opponent's progress to see like what kind of things they're working on, and you can be like, okay, well they're working on that, so it's not worth my time to try and beat them at that. Mm. So I'll work on this instead. Yeah. So it kind of sucks because we have this whole other series that we need to develop and record and finish, you know, relatively soon. Because I mean, Monster Prom's going to be done soon. Yeah, by by the time this podcast comes out, episode five will be on there, which means we're on the last two. So five and six will be will be there. But no, you do what you need to do on that. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, no. So we're still figuring out how to how to deal with that, but uh, that's that's where we are on that project. Yeah, no worries. I say we'll see we'll see where that goes. Like I say, you know, I wish you luck that something something can be sorted from that. And uh, what we what we learn on there is saves can be arseholes. Yeah, sometimes uh, that save state that you thought you made did not get made the way you thought it did. Mm. Always double check. Yeah, it's always always uh, I'm making sure. Hell, it could be could be worse. It could be like, you know, safe states around. So I mean, look what's happened with my Resonance of Fate videos. I've had that where I've lost about forty five minutes an hour of progress myself, and that's because a cutscene wouldn't load. It's like you are a twat. So uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll see how that happens. So, so Ryan, leave the microphone. Yes, what, I'm Ryan. What are you? Uh, what are you? What what? What are you what? So, what do you want? What do you want to know about the most? You reckon here? Do you want to know about a Metroidvania-style platformer, a spaceship roguelike, or a giant third-person shooter set in the ruins of Washington D.C.? Sorry, what was that third one? It's a, a third-person shooter set in the ruins of Washington D.C. Uh, hmm. What's that one all about? Uh, so that one would be Tom Clancy's The Division Two. Ah, oh, that thing. Uh, yes. yeah. I've, I've heard such a thing. Uh, i got to be honest. I played like four hours of The Division 1, and I never got mm. back to it. So Ooh. I totally... Division 2 is totally not on my radar. But no. by all means, let us let us know. Talk to us. Okay, Tell so... Tell us your story. Yeah, so this is this is Ubisoft's... Wow. I think uh, this is probably one of the few sequels to a shared world experience that have actually... Are actually quite good. Um, so this, like I say, it's a third-person shooter set in DC, and it's a continuation of the Division franchise, where you were a bunch of special Homeland Security agents, um, sleeper agents, effectively, who were called into action when some absolute moron decided to spread a smallpox-like virus through New York, which then took over round. America, possibly the world. It's never the sort of the isolation of the Americas from that point is sort of felt through the lore in the game. Yeah, so you you would walk through a scaled down. Well, it was a two scale New York City at that point, and um, yeah, you'd, okay. you'd walk on, take on the various factions. They had you know basic enemy types, and they had some variations, and you wanted to basically find out why. This uh, virus had taken place. Who had done? You know, who had caused the virus, and who twelve know, monkeys sort of try the world. and restore order to to New York. Um, near the end of the what? game, you find you find out there's a rogue, a rogue division agent who's decided. Rogue-like? No, not a roguelike. <laughs> He's a rogue division agent who has decided that the guy's research that killed off ninety percent of the population wasn't good enough. Huh. He had no faith for the ten percent that were left, so you managed to defeat some like mercenary corporation that you know that wants to take New York for itself, and he fucks off and tells you, "Come follow me," and then nothing happened for the year and a half of content, and now suddenly you're a new agent who is in Washington D.C. because everything has destabilized around America, so you're now in a one-to-one scale of sort of central DC now. Washington DC. Yeah, well, good old Washington dub dub. Um yeah, same same sort of concept. You know, you got your sort of main missions, your side missions and it's Ubisoft, so collectibles and 
safe houses, radio towers, um, to to you know to get to get more of the map. But there's little changes that I actually think have improved it a little bit. So, so you, you know, it was generally you were taking on bullet soaky enemies, and you know you 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 came across the same types of enemies over and over again. Each each faction generally had a guy that ran towards you and shot you, a guy that threw grenades at you. Some sort of charger who would hit you with melee or shotgun stuff to sort of stop you from just hiding in cover, and then some form of like sniper or special based um, person from there. Now they've they've still got them. Sounds like pretty standard, uh, you know, first person shooter RPG fare. Yeah. Sounds like the kind of items you'd find in like uh, like a Borderlands type of game or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And they've sort of improved on that because now. There's still, like, four factions, but it's not story-based that you're just facing, like, oh, right, I'm facing looters, which are just generally people with handguns. Um, and then, oh, now I'm going to face the slightly harder enemy, the the escaped prisoners, and now I'm going to take on the highly, you know, the highly um, armed private military corporation. Now, you kind of experience all of them at once now, but they've, mm. they've in this, so far, we've got the hyenas... Which were effectively the looters, but they've got better armory. Um, the outcasts, which are sort of like the New Edeners from Far Cry New Dawn, they just sort of use primitive stuff like crossbows and suicide bombers. Um, then you've got the True Sons, which are the sort of the big military bases, these are sort of rogue soldiers who've just went for themselves. And have decided to follow the Second Amendment to the ridiculous degree. Um, but that's the one about the guns, right? Yeah, that's the one about the guns. All the, all men have the right to bear arms and 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 use them at all times for every activity in your daily life. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, the American dream. Um, Opening a jar of peanut butter. Bang. Yeah. Put your baby Kicking to bed. Kicking your kids. <laughs> put put your baby to bed. Shoot the crib. The, exactly. To let the, the cop bed go down, not not anything else. But yeah, so there's all these factions, but each of them now have all their own different specials. And they've got more than just Grenadier, Sniper, and Dude Who Runs Forward. Um, just to think on that. Like I say, the Outcasts have got the Suicide Bomber. Now that technically is considered a Charger, but... You know, the sort of idea that, oh, right, now I've actually got to shoot them from range so they can blow up further away. There's, like, weird radio-controlled operators that the hyenas have, where they just send little little buggies with explosives towards you instead of them. True Sons have got medics that can actually sort of pick characters back up, so if you don't take them out, they'll, um, you know, start reviving the squad. A little bit like Payday. Um, Is, uh, are, are any of the hyenas voiced by Eric Andre? Uh, no. No, I'm afraid not. It's weird, because I think they're just they're supposed to be called the Hyena Council. It's just like a bunch of gang members who have banded together, but no, not one of them. Not one of them at all, which is very... I'm a potato! <laughs> uh, no, definitely not. But, um, yeah. Imagine <laughs> these... just like a really serious, like, like gangst group of gangsters, like, having like a meeting, talking about like what they're gonna, you know... What what their next big score is gonna be? One of them's just dressed up as a potato, and he's like, "Yo, I'm a potato." <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> just like that's that. It's like that's just Andre. Don't talk to him. Yeah, just just leave. Andre. Just pretend he's not there. Yeah, just, just he'll go away eventually. The, he's the elephant in the room. Just you know. No, he's the potato him. in the room. He's fine. Yeah, <laughs> the starch in the barge. Wait, what? Um, starch in the barge. I. Couldn't think of anything to run with starch at the time, so I just went with barch. Um, but yeah, no, so I like that. You know, they've changed the skill system around because it got a bit too dependent on skills. At the end of the day, it's supposed to be a shooter. Um, there's no ultimate skills anymore. Currently, not at the moment. I believe there's like this weird sort of new game plus thing that happens that once you sort of complete the bulk of the story content, another faction just comes in and completely wipes the floor with everyone, and you've got to do it again. But now that you have, you then have specializations. Um, so it's, it sort of changes sort of the world um, the world level feature that was in, added later to the Division 1. But um, yeah, sort of enjoying it so far. 
It's kind of like starting a new Metroid game. It's like you lose all your powers, but you might get some new ones you never had before in the previous game. Yeah. So that's that's sort of the thing. And the, they've they've got this. They've got the year one pass in. So instead of the season pass, they've got it's basically the early access pass, like what you would experience in Siege. You know, mm. this sort of thing of right. If you've got this pass, you'll get access to the stuff early. But everyone will get it, or will you know get it once they've earned enough of the the bullshit currency or something like that. But um, yeah, it's it's enjoyable. The the dark zones from the first game they're in there still, and uh, other than the story missions where there's no one in the dark zone other than you, I haven't ventured in there because I am a coward. I I don't uh, like the idea of the dark zone. Well, I, I like the concept of the dark zone, but dark my paranoid zone. ass really wouldn't handle it. So the way that they have PvP in the game is that they do have. Conflict, which is match made 4v4 maps if you really want to just PvP. It's got the PvE, which is the main story, and then it's mm-hmm. got the Dark Zone, which is the combination of PvE and PvP. So you walk into the Dark Zone, you can team up with allies, you take on you know stronger enemies to get contaminated loot, which is generally better than stuff outside, well, or can be better than stuff outside in the game. The catch is that you have to extract that loot. It has to go out by helicopter and get decontaminated, and it'll be in you. It'll be then in your stash when you get back. And then at that point, at any time, anyone can just sort of leave the group or not join the group and go rogue. And they go rogue by shooting you, or or you know killing your mates, or ripping your items off the helicopter by just cutting the line and stealing it for themselves. And at that point, it's then just a case of you can't trust anyone. I mean, technically, at that point, you wouldn't even be—you shouldn't even be able to trust your mates that you could go in there with because the the the, the idea that they got on that is greed is good. Anyone is just greed an excuse for you good. to. Uh, How about that? Yeah, anyone is just an excuse for you to get more items. So the fact that it tries to even turn your mates against you is a is a sort of a concern on that one, but. In other yeah, words, is. only play the division and, and only do dead zones uh, with people that you know in real life. Yeah. So, so, th- so that way, worst case scenario, you at least know where they live. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just, just Throw a brick them. through their window. It's just like, I know what you did last night on yeah. the division two. Yeah, I hope that gun was worth it. It's Dick. like, return the gun now. Yeah, trade it, you bastard. Um, but, yeah. But what they also did is that they didn't really... The way that they were, the, the sort of the penalty for going rogue was that you had a, a separate level to your character level. So you had a dark zone level. And certain areas of the dark zone were for certain levels of, of dark zone level. It makes sense when you think about it. Um, and if you went rogue, you had a high chance of losing experience if you were then killed. And the way that it worked, you could go rogue, and then you could be disavowed, and then hunted. And each level of rogueness um, meant more penalties if you actually got shot. So the idea is it's supposed to balance out the fact of, well, you can turn on your mates, but is it worth it? And is a lot it? Of the ti- a lot of the it's time, never worth it to turn on your friends. A lot of the time it was, because it was a bit buggy sometimes, and people could just hack their way through parking lots. So um, there's a new anti-cheat system on the game. Whether it works or not, I don't know, because I've not gone in the Dark Zone. Um, other than the story missions, like I said, you're alone then. Very lonely. But now, but it also used to be the fact that um, you would also lose experience if you weren't rogue and died. Now, they've apparently changed that a little bit, so that you will always be gaining experience while you're in there. And you'll only lose experience if you go rogue. And, I see. Uh, and Steph has just said, always kill your friends. Always kill your friends. I'm going to be more careful when I play Rainbow Six with him. Yeah. (laughs) Come to think of it, he's going to be coming to Canada in like two weeks. Ah, Um, oh God, you better be be careful. Yeah, no shit. Jesus. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm having fun with that. I'm level 19 of 30, and when you hit 30, that's when it becomes gear score again. A bit like Destiny and every other shared looter, or even Anthem and stuff like that. You know, know, Anthem exists. That's a thing. Yeah, I mean, I've heard. Yeah. But uh, I haven't gone back to that in a while. But you know, hopefully, maybe when they put some content in and not 
and I can't believe this happened to Bioware, um, when you have people not cutting your fibre broadband, maybe you can, you know, patch some stuff in and have those features that we were expecting. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, so I've been enjoying that, and uh, you know what? I'll keep the other two games as something to discuss over the next couple of weeks because I've also played them. So, uh, yeah, we'll 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 do that. So, uh, very yeah, well. That's, yeah, that's uh, that's what's been played, and this is the point where I now get my phone because I'm going to go and pull up the the news for news time. News time. And that's a sufficient break. Bone. I can put a sound effect in. Bone. Bone. Pick up your I don't know why we're doing that, but yeah, pick up your phone. Anyway, I seem to right. remember Terry once having like a like a sound effect, like a ringtone on his phone. It was just like pick up the phone. Yeah, pick up the phone. I don't know. I think this is the one that Steph had on his phone at one point. That every time he got a text message, he was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> I don't know. I don't... Sounds like something Steph would have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can you can agree with that one, can't you, Steph? I know you're there. Oh, oh we've got a message. Still there? A message from the producer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the first one. So yeah, in in terms of gaming news, not much had actually happened. In terms of real world news, um, uh, yeah, like one of the biggest things ever happened, and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember being in school and uh, reading about this, and I was like. Uh, I'm sorry, did I just read that wrong? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so for anyone who's been living under a rock, I mean, how how good's your rock? Does it have Wi-Fi? I, I mean, I, I try and find something. But, um, yeah, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, France, uh, on Monday evening, last Monday evening, I should make sure that because we're recording on a Sunday, um, yeah, had caught fire. Um, and was significantly damaged. Um, the main spire of the building destroyed. The roof had gone. Um, pretty much all that was left was the vault and the north tower and the surrounding walls. So the structure is pretty much gone. Yeah, um, it's pretty much the pretty much the only things that didn't go are the things that really can't go, like all the shit made of stone and stuff. Yeah, that's still there, but uh, all the wood, all the wood is gone. And sort of the scaffold that they were doing there because it was having renovations, and it turned out later on that that apparently what had happened was that there was some uh, electrical fault in one of the work gear that just caused the sparks to to set the thing aflame. And like like what Duncan said, this electrical fault caused the building made out of wood to just go. Yeah, you really, you really don't want to be the guy responsible for that. You know, you don't want to be the foreman of that project. Be like. Oh shit! My crew accidentally set on fire one of the oldest buildings in France. Yeah, when there was already a think on this, when there was already it's a six million euro um, refurbishment or what was it restoration project. I don't think they're getting that uh, that that. I don't think they're getting their full paycheck on that one. No, no, there's gonna be no there's gonna be that. no uh, finishing on time bonus for that. I'll tell you that right now. But yeah, no, it led to, it led to the world. You know, being quite depressed at this big, significant, you know, form of uh, art, effectively. This this cathedral that has been there for hundreds of years had, had went down in hours. So, yep. you know, a lot of donations were made. Yeah, particularly, uh, particularly by a lot of uh, wealthy French businessmen and companies. Yeah. Uh, made large contributions towards the uh, restoration efforts that will... Uh, be undergone to restore the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, so gamers also decided they wanted to see what they could sort of do to establish a memorial to the uh, to the building. And according to uh, TrueAchievements.com, I think that's the website, is it? Yeah. Yeah. TrueAchievements.com. I'll make sure I source my information correctly. Yeah. Um, people have decided to use Minecraft for fitting tributes. To uh to to Notre Dame, I and mean, what I can do is I can try and see if I can get these for the video version of the podcast. Ooh, I might put up some images. images. On the video. Very nice, very nice. And credit them because I'm a good boy. Some of these look really nice. I gotta I gotta be honest. Yeah, I mean there's you know there's three. Here. I mean particularly the one by Reddit user Treadin Corns. 
Oh yeah. I think that's the sort of the big He's... one. I think that's the one I can put up. So for those listening to or watching the video podcast, there should be an image of a Minecraft Notre Dame Cathedral for your eyes to peruse. But uh sort of might cycle through the others, but did I cut you off there? No, I'm just I'm just admiring the work. I just like like I think like I, I I liked it the the first guy John S twelve twelve or whatever his name is uh, yeah. is uh, he's gone with the sort of like sp- that weird lighting like, like oh the, yeah he's got that weird realistic like, texture pack the realist yeah realistic texture pack it's just like oh my god and it's like it makes it look nice but I think that the overall like design and structure of uh, uh, Trudon oh, is treading corns is treading corns is, uh, that's is superior I mean, it definitely looks like a much larger project to be sure yeah. And yeah, there's the other one as well, the Glazinators one. Reddit user Glazinator is also, you know, he's done a, a nice. It's sort of a, a simplified nice, uh, version, you know, so it's sort of a cutesy, like, yeah, it's like, oh, I could almost make that if I wanted to, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's nice to see that people have gone there and sort of made these structures, you know, so people can have a look at, you know, a slightly, you know, blocky but otherwise gorgeous looking building which you know hopefully in some time will get restored to what it is because it's salvageable it's something that can be you know rebuilt it's going to take time but yeah yeah hopefully hopefully that will come back so yeah good on you minecrafters it's always always good to show you know some some good stuff that isn't you know noob cursing idiots yeah it's, it's nice so uh one of the other sort of people in the sort of group of people in the games industry at this point, um, it's not one that usually happens. I should you know, we're going to link while we're on the Notre Dame subject. Ubisoft, I've yeah. not experienced this before. So, before we quickly go into so this, is the idea of review bombing. So, a company does something stupid, and as revenge, users will negatively critique the video game. Yeah, they'll, Not res- because they'll, of the game yeah, itself. they'll they'll yeah, they'll deliver a series of uh negative, you know, reviews to, to basically just to attack the, you know, either the comp, you know, the company generally mm. for some kind of practice that they believe is uh you know, not ethical or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, generally something outside of the actual game itself is really where the review bomb comes into. It. I mean, you know, the, that gets thrown in there with, you know, honest critique of the games and the faults of the game itself. But generally, a review bomb is, yeah, a company did something bad in the news. Let's, let's uh, you know, let's, re- let's review bomb it. Most recent example would be Epic and Gearbox with the, with the Borderlands thing. Because people would review bomb Borderlands 1, 2 in the pre-sequel because Borderlands 3 was coming out as an Epic exclusive. It's you know that's the example, but I have to know this. When have you seen it in reverse? Uh, like uh, the only thing, the only thing I'm gonna. It's not gaming related, but I can think of one instance where sort of a reverse review bombing did occur. Mm. Uh, how about the 2016 Ghostbusters movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, definitely. It's like oh, everyone thinks that uh, this movie is. That everyone who hates this movie is just just you know sexist basement dweller or homophobe asshole or whatever so uh mm. hey this is so a bunch of people came in and you know left you know positive reviews for no other reason other than just just you know to stick it to the you know to the to the patriarchy to stick it, or stick it to the bigot so and then it turned out that the movie was a pile of shit anyway so it wasn't really worth it so, yeah, so but that's it that's one example one example yeah so yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, this this is exactly what happened with Ubisoft, though, because they made a five hundred thousand euro donation, and are currently giving away Assassin's Creed Unity, which makes sense because it was set in Paris. Paris. Uh, and uh, I'll guess we'll guess what's a feature in in Paris. Well, I have to imagine that uh, Notre Dame uh, oh, makes oh, an appearance. You... You would be correct, sir. So, uh, yeah, so they're giving that away for Unity. As of when this podcast comes out, it'll be available until Wednesday evening, Wednesday evening, Thursday morning, depending on where you are. 
Um, but yeah, so they've they've given you know they've given Unity away. They've made this donation for you know five hundred grand. I know there's this 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 you know let's just, let's just think of stuff like. I know there's 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 discussions about money and where it goes to and charity benefits and stuff like that. But in you know still in this case, this is a games company generally designed for making money and making all the money, just shelling out you know just half a million euros like it's nothing to to help repair a significant you know cultural building. I mean that yeah, also Ubisoft, makes sense Ubisoft, that Ubisoft, Ubisoft are French Canadian, aren't they? So they are they're French. Yeah, I was gonna say. So sort of it also makes sense on there, but you know it's, it's it's nice, and as a result of that, to go back into it, like we got in this story from PC Gamer, yeah, people have just now been giving positive reviews to Unity because Ubisoft have made the donation. I mean, probably giving away the game for free also helps, but still, is they basically turned a, a game that could have been you know purchased with money into a cultural. You know, art thing. I was just saying, message from the producer says I've been told Duncan sounds American. Oh, I've been. I I, I sound American, do I? Oh, uh, I, I, I apparently. What is it? Because because I say Notre Dame. I mean, that is I, how you say it. It's not. I mean, I, I mean, if you want me to sound American, I could say Notre Dame. Except I feel like that would be uh, just very culturally insensitive. Hmm. No. Yes. Would you prefer I went Notre Dame? Ooh. Ooh, there we go. Uh, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, discussion in the news about how people feel about all these, uh, you know, French uh, 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 government... God damn it, just cut that out. <laughs> all these French uh, corporate bodies donating mm. large sums of money to uh, the restoration of uh, Notre Dame. And uh, I, I can't help but feel like maybe it is... Uh, in poor taste to be, you know, to get irritated over people spending all this money on restoring this thing, you know, it's like, listen, like, can we, like, can we just be happy about the fact that the building is salvageable and that people are trying to salvage it? And it's like, yeah, it's just and like, it's... like, I, uh, you know, not to get off, off topic of uh, games here, but, you know, there's like, there's all these people like setting fires in downtown because, uh, you know, people are spending money on Notre Dame and not you know, the the lower class. Mm. And it's just like, if I feel like you know, it's like I get where you're coming from, but a, I mean, corporate entities don't just get money out of nowhere. Like they get money because people buy their stuff. I mean, business is business. It's they're billionaires because they've done something worthy of making them billionaires. Like that's just how that's just how capitalism works. Yeah, you know, I mean, and second of all, it's like, don't you think of all things, setting fires in the downtown area of Paris is like the most inappropriate response to you know the thing what just happened, that being mm. an enormous fire that just consumed a major French French landmark. Yeah, you know, it's like, guys, come on, like, there's other ways to solve this problem. That'd be yeah, that's more of sort of the continuation of the yellow vest protests, isn't it? Specifically, yes. that happened this weekend, which. You know, yeah, it's, uh, look, you know, some sort of unity, and that's not a game pun, that's, that's just what I mean, sort of, but unity and sort of getting together and, you know, trying to actually sort out of think. But let's be honest, Paris is known for two things at this point. It's the Eiffel Tower and the, and, and Notre Dame. And currently, you know, do you really want to sort of throw other stuff into that, you know, negatively? No. So get together, sort of show support. And then sort this stuff out after. Continue to sort it out. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying, you know, throw it onto the wayside, but just know that you've had a significant cultural landmark gone up in flames. Let's make sure that landmark's still there, and then work on the other stuff on the side. Yeah, it's it. You know, it's like, I, like, like I get it. You know, I, I, I get it. And and I and I'm not and I'm not like you know defending big business either. Like there, I saw some shady comments being thrown around by. Uh, by the donors themselves like one guy uh specifically requested that uh, his uh his like 100 million euro donation be like treated as a 90 percent tax credit as opposed to the government sanctioned 60 percent and i'm just mm. like oh my god for fuck's sake dude it's like two groups of people on 
polar opposite ends of the argument, both behaving completely inappropriately. It's yeah. just like, come on. Like why 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 do why do we have to be like this? Like why why does it have to be this way? You know? Yeah. It's like like if you're gonna get donate to charity, donate to charity. If you're gonna you know if you're gonna, you know, ask for you know, better wages or better living conditions or lower unemployment, then do that. You know. Work through the you know, sanctioned government channels to work on that. You know, it's like you're both behaving foolishly over a, a, a tragic event that mm. really sh- shouldn't have even that where this shouldn't have even been come up as a, an issue in the first place. Nah. In this particular menu, you know. Yeah. No, exactly. So you know, I think I think people should just be sort of you know, sort of trying to think realistically about the situation, but people people are just fling, flinging judgment at one another. You know, it's just get together, don't be stupid. Mourn the landmark restore the landmark it's a simple four-step plan i mean i might be making that a bit too simple but you know but anyway anyway now that we've had that discussion and with me making a very very awful pun about 20 seconds ago in regards to that uh yeah judgment the video game uh a the new yakuza game that's coming out where you don't actually play as a member of the yakuza you play as a cop for the first time in the series history um, you know, so a few months ago, I thought we brought this up on the podcast. It turned out it didn't actually get brought up, which is weird considering I'm a big Yakuza fan, and you know, suggest that anyone who can get the game gets the game because it's hilarious. It's got a batshit crazy yet relatable story, and you know, good characters. But um, yeah, th- so there was a slight problem where Sega a couple of months back had to take Judgment Sega. off the shelves. In Japan, because of a small situation of one of the lead actors of the game, who played the Yakuza member, uh, what was this, Kyohei Hamara, the actor was called Pierre Taki, um, was arrested on charges of cocaine use and possession. Now, mm. now, around the world, drug use and possession is considered a bit of a, okay, it's a no-go, but it's just something that ends up on your record. In Japan, it's shown as the, the biggest sign of dishonor and disrespect in the country. Yeah, the no, that, well, it's, sorry, it's a big, it's a big thing in uh, the like East Asian countries. You know, like yeah. like Japan, Tha- like China, Thailand. Like they're real fucking serious about drugs. Uh, oh, in that, yeah. in that part of the world. Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, I mean, you could have your, you know, your murders, your violent crime, your sort of you know, prostitution, pornography, stuff like that. And yeah, they would be frowned upon. But sort of this idea that you're sort of dishonouring your body and sort of and the life you were given by ruining it with drugs is sort of major there. And it apparently shows how sort of serious it can get when they decided to indefinitely delay the Western release of Judgment and pull all the Japanese stuff while they resolve the issue. And it's the second time Sega has done this, and that's changed the voice and likeness, or currently at this point, changed the facial likeness of the character from the actor, because I should backtrack a little bit. With Yakuza, they make sure that their voice actors are also their, uh, sort of the self, the motion captured, effectively. So yeah. they, they try to do that where they can. To, to the point that uh, <laughs> beat Takeshi from Takeshi's Castle fame and Ghost in the Shell and you know great big director guy he was in he was in the recent Yakuza game it was just it was just great but um but yeah no, they've gone to the point where they will just remove existence of this person from being in the original material just to make sure that they're just showing that they don't stand by this so it's 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 odd but it's been done. Um, again, I'll try and see if we can get some sort of images of a before and after of what they've changed him to. And uh, you know what? They've 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 not gone too bad. He looks a little bit leaner, to be honest. Um, doesn't look as like he's got the frown lines anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I see the I see the before and after. Yeah, it's, oh that nose got yeah pinched a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did. He's still got the still got the eyebrows a little bit. Still got that little, 
sort of smirk on the right hand side of the face. You know, it shouldn't change the content of the game too much, but you know, it's just a, this is this is the lesson you sort of need to learn on there. Don't fuck up. <laughs> in a in a in a you know in a sort of a country where culture and tradition is sort of critical to how you live over there. Don't fuck up. I mean, this is this is now going to get to a point where Pierre Taki is probably sort of ruined, sort of career-wise, now because they're a musician, you know, voice actor for a massive franchise. Now, has has had too much of the white lines, and now will suffer a big fine. I I tried to make the joke. It didn't didn't work out very well. Hmm. I'm trying to make a joke. I'm trying to make the situation light-hearted for a very serious situation, but uh. Oh well, that's what you can do. I think the heat's getting to me. That's what it is. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm a little I'm a little distracted. I'm being showered by gifts. <gasps> my mom showered. has just come in. Showered with gifts. No, right. Well, in that case, then, to make sure that we can we can get out of the distractions and the heat and actually you know cool things down a little bit, let's uh, move to the wrap up on this and let's uh, let's finish this off. So if you if you liked what you heard or you wanted something to discuss or you know wanted to talk about it or even you know listen to it that'd be that'd be great uh please do the like share subscribe thing click the bell share it to your friends and family maybe even leave a comment you know do 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 if stuff you feel that uh, if you feel inclined i actually have no idea if comments uh, affect the uh, youtube algorithm or not but it's always nice to read things that people feel yeah. or say about uh our content yeah discuss it I mean, uh, you know, we've also got the, you know, the social media, so they'll be in the video description and the audio description, so they're there to go. Um, the end screen will come up on the YouTube video version for those who want to look at more of our stuff. Maybe like the last uploaded video, which, uh, you know, will be whatever it is. And, you know, other episodes of the podcast, if you want to go back through time and see what predictions we may have made that didn't happen or features that we, that we used to do and see how we evolved, you know, we'll go for that. Um, check out the other content that's on the channel you know we've got we've got steven continuing his XCOM exploits through the war table hopefully he'll be back on track this uh this friday uh, as i took his slot to do a couple of something immaterially different to find odd games i'm telling you that elephant in the room game a stealth game where you are literally an elephant in a room is a, in a room yeah and just basically get out of the house without being acknowledged. So without finding two people to converse with each other that, oh my god, there's a giant elephant in the room. So, uh, yeah, that so was there. So the idea of that game is to not address the elephant in the room. Correct. Makes sense. So, uh, yeah, or to not be in the situation where you are addressed. Um, but yeah, no, that that was that was fun. So we've got a couple of something immaterially different there. We've got play session. We've got something in the pipeline for um, an extended play of the Borderlands series we just need to uh nail down availability for that to to, yeah. to go through uh to go through the main content of the Borderlands games in yeah, preparation I do, I do, for uh, yeah. Borderlands 3. Yeah, I do want to do that. We just got to uh yeah, like you said, arrange some times for it. Yeah. So we got that and uh but so of course, sibling rivalry uh, the Monster Prom campaign is still going, but it's coming up to its conclusion. Yeah, we'll... and hopefully, hopefully we'll have at least some episodes of the next Pokemon Mingo to go uh, yeah. when that's concluded. Yeah, and then uh, in the pipeline, uh, Stefan's project, which I'm going to work with him on to see what we can do, will be will be coming up. Him and Darius have got one going. So uh, yeah, and other and other stuff. So keep uh, keep an eye on that. And uh, like I say, we're also in the earbuds. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on podcast.com if you want to go there as well. So there's plenty of ways to sort of listen to us. And like I said, so yeah, get in contact. Speak. Say hi. We don't bite, mostly. So uh, yeah. What if you Stefan do? might bite. Yeah, well, Stefan might. Gotta be, gotta be careful on that one. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we're around. Any support? is always grateful. So until uh, until next week then, uh, thank you very much, Duncan. No problem, Ryan. Uh, always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. It's always, always good to, to have the chat. And uh, cheers to our, what I've now just called him, the producer, Stefan, uh, for, for being around. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Until next time, please, please. 
don't kill each other. And don't set fire to any landmarks or 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 other or like your downtown area. Yeah. There are better uh, ways to protest. Yeah. Peaceful ways to protest. Oh yeah, it could be it could be it could be like what we've had. We've got we've had climate change protesters blocking the capital for weeks or for days. It's hilarious. But uh, you know, it's it's peaceful. It's fine. I mean, it's bloody warm outside for April. Of course, it's climate change. Anyway, yeah. Until next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.